painless. That's how you make a baby. Terrible mistake <laughs> by having me here. A terrible, <laughs> terrible mistake. There no, that's be good. A lot of editing required. No, no editing. I'm not gonna edit anything. No, I don't. I tell Larry I edit stuff, edited. and I sit in my office for an hour, and then I just email it to him. <laughs> And welcome to the 32nd episode of The Filibluster, where two political scientists try to make sense of our national politics. My name is Larry Becker. With me is my good friend, my great colleague, Tyler Hughes. Tyler, how you doing? Uh, I, got a, I got a question. Yeah. I'm not your great friend and good colleague? You're, pre- you're very good friend. Excellent friend. Huh. Well, I thought... All As right. colleagues go, you're, like, incredible. Well, yeah, but the standard by which you're comparing me is not Ooh. great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I feel a little hurt. No, I, you're you're I, a great friend. I love you. You're, you don't love me back. <laughs> yes. No, it's it's no, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. It's fine. Okay. I said it's fine. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Tyler, uh, lots happening. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot going on in the world, and it's like a thousand degrees outside. And, it uh, is a million degrees outside. It's like the surface of the sun here. Uh, also, kind of humid for Southern California. Pretty humid for the surface yeah. of the sun, you know. You know, Tyler, water vapor the other sticks thing, around. Since we're talking about the intro here, uh, you know, we always say our tagline is "We're two political scientists try to make sense of our national politics." We're in the thirty-second episode. Have we made sense yet no, of our national? Zero sense. Are we making any progress? Is there like a bar graph I, that people could say at the end is sense, and we're making progress towards making sense? No, not yeah. at all. <laughs> we're just it's. It's like when when the hourglass freezes when you're trying to load something. That's what this podcast has become. Yeah, <laughs> people keep keep listening. I don't understand yeah. it at all. All right. Well, in fact, our our listenership. We want to thank our listeners. We don't do it enough. Yeah, we, I don't know. It's, I don't know what. It's growing. We're booming. We're international. There are listeners in Italy. Wow. Italian. Japan. Japan. Uh, yeah. England. Oh wow. We have regular listeners in Canada. Uh, mm, does that count as international? <laughs> Yes, absolutely. There's an international border there. I think it may someday even be a wall. Uh, <laughs> One can hope. Yes, uh, all kinds of countries. I haven't. Uh, the, all kinds. The, what uh, Denmark? Denmark. We're huge in Denmark. That's great. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, who you are out there and <laughs> who hurt you? Yeah. But keep listening. That's Thank fine. Thank you. Uh, we're we're really excited to have you all, and I think really we're going to have the podcast translated into multiple languages soon. But are we anyway, going to talk about politics yeah. <laughs> at any <laughs> point in time? Let's get to what's going on. Today uh, is Thursday, July 25th? I don't know. It's summertime. All the days yeah. bleed together for me. Uh, it's it's in July. It is and, July, yes. And yesterday were the Mueller hearings. We are one day removed from the Mueller hearing, which is supposed to be like the event, right? We've been waiting mm-hmm. months for this. Yeah. And... It's a day afterwards, and it feels like nothing happened. Well, some stuff happened. I we're gonna we're gonna talk about what happened, and what it all means. Um, and but but let's start with just the facts. What 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 happened? Mueller came to the Hill. He testified before the Judiciary Committee and separately in front of the Intelligence Committee, uh, both in the House. One chaired by Jerry Nadler. One chaired by Adam Schiff. We have to give a shout out to the ranking members because they're two of the best jackasses in all of Congress. 
Jim Jordan, I think, is the ranking member oh. of Judiciary, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, Devin Nunes. I mean, Just these two, two, two are of the, so awesome. Two of the biggest clowns in Congress. Yes. Like, oh, my God. You couldn't – and if for the Republican Party, like, you – I couldn't say you, you – I shouldn't say you couldn't pick two worse people because there are lots of Republicans in Congress who would be worse faces. But these are among the worst. That I'm, I'm so eager to know who those faces are that would be worse. Who would be worse? Uh, this I mean, is a good game. I know it's in the House, but, like, anytime you get Ted Cruz in front of anything, it's not good. Okay. Uh, anyway, so two, two, um, uh, two separate hearings in one day. I mean, it was like a two-for-one deal, which it was, was well, exciting. It was a daytime doubleheader is what it yeah. was. Um, and uh, the, media, the media reaction to it all was quite – uh, negative from the Democrats' perspective, kind yes. of poo-pooing the whole thing, saying that nothing happened, yeah. nothing's different. Mueller didn't say anything of importance, right? Absolutely. Yeah. One of the media critiques that I, I, that definitely infuriated me in particular was Chuck Todd, who I normally find to be one of the more, uh, one of the better and more insightful types among media types. But his hot take infuriated me. He basically said in a tweet that this was a great day on substance for Democrats, but the optics were, quote, a disaster. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand that at all. I, uh, I, 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 I think maybe a lot of people expected this to be just like bombshell quote after bombshell quote and like just insanity. I think anybody who's been paying attention to any of this and to anything Mueller has said prior to this shouldn't be surprised by what happened. There were some interesting things, ha- interesting things that happened, but... To say that that this was disastrous for Democrats is just silly. And right, wrong. it's like setting an, a, a bar of expectations that is like, uh, like Mueller was going to jump out of his seat and say, you know, I know you've all read the report, but aha, here's the tapes, here's the P tape or something, right? And like, I've I've solved it all. It's it's true. He is a criminal. It's just what the hell were you expecting? Mueller to do, especially since he was saying all along, this is who I am, this is what I'm going to do, I don't even want to be here testifying, and so on. So to say it was a disaster is just ridiculous. Yes. The format was notably silly, even though it's the format they always use for hearings. Hearings are ridiculous. I also, I didn't watch it because I have a job, and Mm -hmm. uh, you nerds who watched it, I was teaching in the morning, so I couldn't watch it. So I I saw mostly highlights. Yeah. I watched most of it which means that you and I actually have exactly the same read on what oh, happened. Good. because A lot of yeses, a lot of noes. Yeah, a lot of it's in the report um, and and so on. And you probably saw the, the most important uh, points on uh, highlights. In terms of the media reaction, there was a lot of media reaction that this was a disaster for the Democrats, as Chuck Todd put it. There was also a lot in the conservative media bubble about – you know, like basically a victory parade. Yeah, that President Trump is now vindicated. He's and vindicated. He, like, he tweet, like, it wasn't he. Not only he tweet retweeted, but there was like a fundraising newsletter that went out like the minute after this was done, and uh, the Trump Pence whatever machine was like the headline was like no collude like Mueller says no collusion no crimes and whatever, and he didn't really say the second part, but the first part wasn't even like. That, he didn't also didn't say no collusion. Again, this, he said collusion is not a thing. This idea of collusion, like that, <laughs> yeah, this this idea that collusion is something that is a legal term that you can prove and a crime that you can commit is ridiculous and has been always. But that's the narrative that's been spun up, and that's what people are listening to. And I think that 
the people who are listening to that kind of news are people who probably already support the president. And no matter what happened at this hearing, even if Mueller was like, hey, look, I got a slideshow presentation and slide by slide. We're going to watch the president getting peed on or whatever. And then and then here's some more tapes of the president <laughs> doing crazy stuff. Oh, and here here's the actual pee in a jar. I think if, the, if that stuff would have been introduced, whatever. Right. Like. Yeah. It wouldn't have mattered. No, no, go keep going, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't to these people. It wouldn't matter because the 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 spin from the right is going to be constantly that like there's no crime, no collusion. The president hasn't been accused, like actually sort of formally accused of anything. Whatever, nothing would have changed, and these people would refuse to accept that the president did anything wrong to begin with. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought there were some people who did a particularly good job in in questioning Mueller the best of all of them and I just I have to say this you like just, you have such a big crush on Adam Schiff like I, it's it's kind of freaking I've out. developed a congressional crush on Aww. Adam Schiff he was I like him I'm just not like, oh my god he was so good if, he was great. You, he if was anyone great. here follows my Twitter feed, you would have seen me retweeting out a lot of Adam Schiff yesterday. He was fantastic. The opening, the closing questions he asked, it was great. He was perfect. And he, like, he led him down this path, this prosecutorial path that was just brilliant. It was yeah. great. Yeah. You could tell that Adam Schiff not only was a former U.S. attorney, but good at litigating in particular and whatever. Anyway, you also just love Adam Schiff. like. Well, I mean, he's a, he's just a great guy, and uh, I just I'll, I'll stop. I'll leave it there. I'm just gonna. Wow. Yeah. Nobody can see it right now, but there's like, there's this look in Larry's eyes. That yeah. It's I'm blushing a little. Wow. Um. So, the other uh sort of outcome of the day was that Pelosi and other uh, others in the Democratic leadership, um, after the Mueller uh, hearings basically sort of said we are still where we were, which is we're still investigating. We're not ready to move forward with impeachment hearings. Um, there were, I think, maybe one or two new House Democrats who came out and said they were for impeachment, but there was no stampede of new House Democrats saying they, they favor impeachment. And the latest count that I've heard is something like 90 House Democrats have said they they favor moving forward with impeachment hearings right now, um, which, of course, is not even half of the Democratic caucus of 234 Democrats. So they're not moving forward for right now with impeachment hearings. And that's where we are. What we want to talk about is what's not surprising. That's not I'm not surprised at all that like this hearing was not going to change anything at all. And I, I, this expectation that it was, I think, is ridiculous. And I think more importantly, if you if you paid attention to who Mueller is and his approach to this whole thing, I think there were hopes that he would come out and just sort of say what he actually thinks now that he is a private citizen. But I, I think that, 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 that not, nothing has changed. And I'm not surprised in the least bit. Well, now, I have a question for you separately. We'll get back to impeachment in a second. How do you feel about Mueller's approach to this post? I'm no longer investigating. I'm no longer the head of this report. I'm now a private citizen. How do you feel about his approach to those two hearings? It's terrible. And I'm deeply disappointed. And I say this, this I say this in a non-cliche kind of way. I really do have all all kinds of mad respect, whatever they say on the streets, for, for Bob Mueller. He is uh, 
a great and heroic public servant over many decades in all different kinds of ways. So I don't mean to criticize him as a public servant, but in his role as a public servant, much less a private citizen, he really had a special responsibility to say things in a different way yesterday. And, you know, there are some people say, oh, he was constrained by the Justice Department because they issued this letter the day before or whatever, or two days before. I'm sorry, bullshit. He, he was not he was not constrained. He can do whatever the heck he wants. And I understand there's a there's a whole there is a philosophy and a logic behind what he did, his whole sense of, you know, what his role was. And he wants to color within the lines and so on. The problem with that is that we are we are literally facing a national crisis, a constitutional crisis, in my view. And the republic needed it. The citizens of this country needed for him to step forward and say something much more affirmative than it's in the report or even just simply agreeing as Adam Schiff walked him down the lane of like, hey, was there was there collusion, basically, and so right. on. I, I agree. Absolutely. So I'm I, deeply disappointed. Yeah, is how I but I'm feel. also not surprised. I, I'm not I, surprised either, but I can still be deeply. But disappointed. I, I agree that that what I mean, what I wanted, and I think what a lot of people wanted, and what I read in the parts of the hearing that I saw was that he was saying at times, like, yeah, the president committed a crime that would probably probably be prosecutable if he weren't president, and I was following DOJ guidelines, and and that's I was doing my job under that guise, like that. That's uh, the sense that I got in the very careful language that he was using. And I still I still think those guidelines are bogus. I absolutely think the president committed a crime. My opinion, nothing about that has changed since the last time we talked about this. But I was also disappointed that he that he didn't just say those things when when he's no longer under those constraints. But I'm not surprised. And I think that that he does have this I see sort of like I see it as a, a, a misguided sense of honor and duty towards those guidelines and rules and, and practices. But they I, I guess maybe the analogy I can draw is that he brought a polo mallet to a knife fight. Right. I mean, he, he has this sense of, you know, patrician you like, kind please of create a more <laughs> elitist white. That's that's my that. point. He, he 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 has this sense of like he's this patrician. Uh, kind of public servant, this this sense of, you know, there it's not only a sense of honor, but a sense that he has a special responsibility as a public servant to carry himself a certain way, to speak a certain way that can be very opaque and hard to understand for the average American, much less just anyone watching. I mean, some of the language he used was was overly legalese and and so on and and on the specific point about did he acknowledge that the president committed a crime for which he would have been prosecuted if he were anyone other than the president he did say that twice in answers to the question in the mornings uh, in they got, they got those answers but got walked back a little bit then he walked it back in in a clarif a purposeful clarification that didn't need to be done right like well that's why I so I, I'm I'm am t- also disappointed, right? I want to make that very clear. But I'm also not surprised at all. And I think that this sense of duty and honor is misguided on his part. Also, I think if he had come out and said, "I the president committed a crime," and if he weren't the president, 
we would be con- we would be prosecuting him on these charges. And if the DOJ didn't have these guidelines, then we would have we would have charged him with something. I think even if he said those things, nothing would have changed this morning. Well, uh, probably you're right. But let me just come back to the duty and honor point. Duty. What what is what what is his what is his duty to? What is his? What is it that he's honoring? I don't know. I, th- I so think like the. T- it seems to me his duty as a public servant. Keep saying duty. His he should be honoring the thing that we all care about, which is the future of the republic, the constitution, and so on. I think under and, the constitution, he sees this as something that needs to be handled by the the political process. And I, I completely disagree with that because the political process is broken currently, right? But I think he sees it that way. No, no, but but his role, his place in that political process, I mean, he's pretending that he's somehow outside of that political process, and he's not. He wrote a report. He found things in the report. He is not violating even the DOJ guidelines to say, yeah, those things are things that an average person that Larry Becker or Tyler Hughes would have been prosecuted Whoa. for. Average, come on. Had they done those things, but they're not the president, so they don't have a get out but of jail you, you free just, guard by this bogus it. You DOJ said that, like, He thinks he's outside the political process, and he sees the the impeachment and conviction of a president that, as a political no, process. No, but no, that's that's just it. Nobody, nobody is outside the political we, process. Yes, we agree on that point. I right. think he sees John him. Roberts and the Supreme Court justices are not outside yes, the, absolutely. the, the political process. Yes, absolutely. We agree process. on that point. Okay, so so my point is when we say he he out of a sense of duty and honor he he is misguided in what he is holding in honor. Yeah, right? we agree. What he's in fact, honoring. I think the phrase I used was his misguided sense of duty and honor. Okay. Uh, so Anyway, I, I don't mean to make this a a Come at you know, me. What complaint do you, what do you want? fest about Robert Mueller because he is due all of the respect that his long career. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But, um, but, but disappointing. I, dis- disappointing. Deeply I think is, disappointing. Is, is a good way to put it. Like absolutely. we used to have a country, but okay. So, so the 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 place where we're at now, Tyler is that Democrats have a, a choice to make. Uh, House Democrats have a choice to make about how they're going to move forward, right? And so what I want us to talk about for a little bit here is, you know, what are the politics of this now going forward? Because the politics are going to drive this to some extent. Yes. Um, there's, also an extent, there's also an extent to which, you know, Democrats might want to think beyond the politics of it because there is such a thing as doing what's right, even no. when the politics are different. Um, what are the presidential candidates saying? Let me just cover that real quick. Well, that's uh, so let's back up a second. So when when I so the, pre, the Democrats do have a choice to make. Right. So the, the choice is we proceed with impeachment in the House. We know that, it's, that he's not going to be convicted in the Senate. But we go through that process anyway. And what does that mean? And we, we definitely should talk about that. And what I one thing when I, when I said that even if Mueller had said the things that we wish he would have said, that I think he was saying even and I think the other part of it is I think he thinks he's already said those things when he says it's in the report. Like he's like, look, it's right there. But even if he had said those things this morning, we wouldn't nothing would have changed from the way it is currently. And I think that this current debate about impeachment, even if he had said those things would be the same, which is a, a lot of 
uh, you know, nine, nine, approximately 90 Democrats saying we should impeach him. You think Lock- that number wouldn't be higher if he said, you know, with, you know, neon lights and everything, hey, the president committed multiple crimes here. The president no, committed something that's because akin- the people who are afraid of impeachment are afraid of it. The Democrats who are afraid of it are afraid because they think they know it's not going to happen. The conviction's not going to happen in the Senate. They know that's not going to happen. And they're afraid that all this is going to do is mobilize Trump's base ahead of the 2020, give him a lot of fuel and cannon fodder and really turn like really excite those voters who maybe feel disenfranchised now, given the last couple of years of unfulfilled promises. And and I I don't think that's 100 percent accurate. And I think they're worried about sort of like middle of the road voters who I don't know who the hell these people are that that are still not that are going to hear that from Mueller, see the Senate not convict. And in their minds, that means the president's innocent and that Democrats are just a bunch of witch hunters. Yeah, those are unicorns. They, they're people that don't but exist. Like, but, I, but people think that way. Like that this 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 is an argument being made within the Democratic yeah, Party, and yeah. I don't understand it. Yeah, I well, I agree generally. Although I do think that had Mueller done something much more dramatic and so on and so forth, that we would be talking about more than ninety right now. Maybe, like, but I don't think we'd be like steamrolling towards impeachment. And I think because probably not. But in the, in their minds, the timeline of it is this thing happened in mid 2019. Wow, isn't that amazing? And voters are saying, wow, maybe the president did commit a crime. I don't know. But then by the time this does roll around to a failed conviction vote in the Senate, that's what people are going to remember ahead of the 2020 election. I think that's the logic in their minds. I think that logic is flawed and ridiculous. But so I let's think talk about that logic, right? Okay. So what what are the politics of you know if they don't do impeachment? What are the politics if they do do impeachment hearings? We don't know for sure, of course, but like, what? Let's speculate wildly. Well, okay, since <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a molar and say that I can't speculate on that. Yeah, you can speculate on. Yeah, it's a, it's not only it's that, a, you're you're a friggin' legit political scientist, as we said in the I last am, uh, episode. So I'm somewhat legit. You're totally legit. Uh, Too so, legit to quit. Yeah. So you know, let's see some of your mad skills right here. And All now. right. Well. <laughs> Buckle your seatbelts, everybody, because it's going to be a wild ride. I think um, so there is an argument. So the argument I just laid out that you're going to excite Trump's base with a failed conviction vote, that it's going to give the president this like, look, I'm clearly innocent. This is all crazy. Democrats are to blame. It's going to turn voters against them. You've got these middle of the road. I don't know who these like middle of the road voters are. There is some evidence that there are like these Obama Trump voters who are motivated by um, economics, but I, I still don't completely buy that. I think it's motivated by a lot of other stuff. Anyway, all these people who are going to like not be convinced no matter what. That's the fear, and I think that's, I think, right? I, I don't know what's going on in Nancy Pelosi's head, but I, I think that she feels like this is a bit of a double-edged sword where we move forward and we're going to pay a price politically. If we don't move forward, we also may pay a, a price politically and also just like, from a moral sense, like from like a democratic uh, civic duty sense. I've used the word duty a lot so mm-hmm. far today, and the 12-year-old in me is cracking up pretty mm-hmm. hard. From a civic duty standpoint, we're not fulfilling our promises as elected officials. I think she really feels like this is a, like a catch-22 kind of thing. Yeah. I got a lot to say about all a whole bunch of different parts of what you just said there. Okay. So let me let me try to touch on one at a time. Cuz I got then, I got more to say too. Okay. So what so, do you you want to go? You want let, me to go? Let, let me go. So uh, first of all, on on the question of whether or not to hold impeachment hearings and so on, to me there are multiple different steps here. 
and they're distinct because there are off-ramps at the ends of different steps, right? They could hold impeachment hearings that could lead to an impeachment vote in the, in the full house or not. Um, it could lead to something else. They, it could lead to, you know, we held these impeachment hearings and we found all kinds of bad stuff, but we don't have a majority ready or we don't have a super majority ready or whatever it is we want to say we need in order to move forward. So with impeachment, so we'll just do we'll censure the president or we'll do we'll do something less than uh, actual charges and impeachment. Um, there's all different kinds of off ramps. And one of the off ramps that that is possible is they just don't do anything, which I think is just non-viable from a political perspective, because how do you go back to the Democratic base and really the 2020 election at the congressional level and the presidential level is going to be about turning out the Democratic base? How do you go back to the Democratic base and say things like various members of Congress are saying, including Nancy Pelosi, yes, the president committed crimes, but no, we didn't impeach just because we don't think the Senate will uh, convict. If the Senate's not convict, going to convict, put them, put that on them. Ultimately, put it to the jury. Let let them be responsible for not following through. I agree. Okay, so that's going to be problematic. I think politically as well as from a, a civic yes, responsibility well, perspective. I, think, I mean, I, that's why I think this argument that like all you're going to do is excite Trump's base. Trump's base is already pretty excited because they're a bunch of uh, bigots, hmm. for lack of a better. I could say other things, but uh, whatever, right? So they're already pretty excited about things like building a wall and, and asylum seekers and uh, people like making a bunch of American citizens go back to the countries they came from. Like they get excited by that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So they're already excited. I think what you run the risk of is really alienating. A, the democratic base it's the opposite of what people think is going to happen right. that you you've got a lot of democratic candidates who have come out and said it during the hearings we're tweeting it is time to impeach this guy we have to elizabeth warren kamala harris have have, have openly sort of said they want to uh well now joe, joe biden hasn't notably joe biden hasn't. Uh, the has has talked about like he like is impeachable or whatever but has not come out and said that that congress needs to impeach right so but a lot of candidates are taking that strategy of saying we should impeach him. That's a lot of uh, primary voters agree with them. And I think by not moving forward, it's just going to be th this idea that like, oh, democratic politics, more the same, not listening to the base, not blah, 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 blah. Like this, this just feeds right into that. You're going to have a lot of pissed off, uh, disenfranchised voters who just aren't going to turn out. And we're going to have a repeat of 2016. Yeah. I think the Pelosi leadership position the position of the what is currently a majority of House Democrats. And by the way, that's why Pelosi, I don't blame Pelosi for the, taking the position she's taking. Pelosi's job is simply to represent the caucus. Yeah. And she is accurately representing where the caucus is. I have no doubt of that. Where the caucus is is a serious problem because it's not a sustainable position. I want to mention that uh, yesterday after the hearings, I saw this uh, tweeted out uh, video of one of our local members of Congress, a CSUN alum, by the way, who we love very much, Katie Hill. And she was basically tweeting out a little video of like, okay, so where are we? And she and where am I on the question of impeachment? And her position was, was exactly what Pelosi's position is that, okay, well, it's clear, she said, Trump has committed crimes. Trump is a criminal. 
But what I want to do is continue with some of the cases we have in the courts, try to get more information so that if and when, if being included there, we proceed with impeachment, we're able to make the strongest case possible so that we're able to find some way to get some votes from Republicans in the Senate. That's just never going to happen. No, it's not. That, that's... Now, I understand why she's where she is and why Pelosi's where she is. Sure. But here's the thing, right? The position they're in is not a sustainable position. Now, they're smart people. They know this. The question is, how are they going to get from this position that is not sustainable to some other position that is sustainable, whether that's we're shutting the whole thing down, we're just going to let the 2020 election That's, that's what's going to happen. Or... or we're going to move forward with impeachment, which I th- think is a real possibility. And that, I, I think can... it's also a possibility. I, but I agree that I, I, hundred percent agree with your point about Pelosi is is just managing her caucus. I don't think this is like some grand Pelosi strategy. I think this is her, or that she's leading from ahead. I think right. she's, yeah. I totally agree with that, and and I think that this, I love Katie Hill, but that's that's a misguided strategy. On a number for a number of reasons. First of all, you're not you're never going to find enough evidence to convince enough Republicans to convict him in the Senate. It's just I, I am I'm convinced there is nothing that would move the Republican Party. this nothing. Point in time. And you're also this idea that like, we're going to we need to collect more evidence. We, but that's the whole point of like doing impeachment in the House is to have yes. hearings and investigate and to, to get that going. That's how you find more information. Yeah. And the longer you wait. The closer 2020 comes and the more your caucus gets skittish about the election and this whole base argument. And I think that you're you're running up against a wall real quick. Yeah. Well, so maybe the strategy is we wait and wait enough time. We get back from the, the now August recess that they're in six week recess that they're now entering. And, you know, well, it's too late. We, we can't you know, we're just going to let this be litigated in the election. And, you know, the American that's what I think people will happen. decide. Um, the other possibility here is they come back, they do uh, move forward with impeachment hearings. They do perhaps even move forward with an impeachment vote. Now, I want to I want to suggest one other possibility that I know you and I have talked a little bit about, and that is, well, what happens if the House, impe- you know, impeaches the president? The Constitution says that there should be a trial in the Senate. And one of the questions that I was interested in uh, and I looked into a little bit is, does the tr- does the Senate have to hold a trial? Because we all know that they're not going to convict. I would be shocked if there were even one Republican vote in the Senate no. to convict on any article of impeachment. Probably a couple Democrats who don't convict. Probably. Joe Manchin, Joe Manchin. looking at you. Yeah. What a, what a jackass. <laughs> so, um, so no way they convict. So then the question becomes, does McConnell just effectively blow the whole thing off by saying, I'm not going to bring it to I'm not going to allow a trial right. to even and, happen? And, and does he have that authority? Right. And apparently we can we can walk through the procedural parts if we need to. But apparently, like it's it's an open question about whether or not he could. I and and it's possible that it seems to be possible procedural measures he could take to at least block it or delay it or whatever. But, you know, I and I think that that. Mitch McConnell, like a la Merrick Garland, would absolutely do this if he thought it meant something bad for the Republican Party. You mean that he does not have the same sense of duty and honor that Bob Mueller has? No, absolutely not. (laughs) I don't. I Mitch McConnell is just 
the biggest piece of human garbage, and even compared to our president, I think. just Agreed. It, just a reprehensible, Agreed. disgusting human being. We should do a new segment on who's worse on this particular issue, McConnell or Trump. Right. But I think McConnell's going to win most of those Absolutely. arguments. Absolutely. And I, and I think we're going to look back on this period of time, and he's going to be— the, he's going to be the true villain in what's happening to our current democracy. So it would not surprise me at all that, that he would block it. But I, I, think, I think they want the trial to go, f- if, if this were to happen, right? That, that again, I think, and I, I don't totally agree with this logic, but I think that people look at the timeline of what will happen as in, impeachment happens, everybody gets excited, fired up, it goes to the Senate, maybe it takes a long time, whatever. By the time that failed conviction happens, and it will be a failed conviction, that's what they think is going to be on the minds of voters, and you're going to have a lot of really excited, you know, Republican base, whatever. I, I, I think that they would let it go forward. But I could absolutely see a scenario where Mitch McConnell is just like, nope, not going to do it. Hey, sorry. So, let's so wait. Let's let, the, let's let the election play out and then see what happens. Yeah. So here, here's what I – if I were an advisor to Nancy Pelosi – Okay. And by the way – There's a really good reason you're not. There's a whole bunch of really good reasons I'm not. The most important good reason I'm not an advisor to Nancy Pelosi is I have no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah, I was going to say ineptitude, but yeah, yeah, whatever. (laughs) So, but if I were advising Nancy Pelosi and the congressional House Dems, uh, I would say you should, one of the reasons you should move forward with impeachment, and by the way, the number one reason they should move forward with impeachment is because it is the right thing to do. Because the president should be impeached. The president is a criminal. He needs to be impeached, period. But- you should also move forward with it because the politics of it are good in two ways. One is you need you you promised the Democratic base that you were going to hold this president accountable. Everybody, everybody knows the president is a criminal, has committed crimes, has committed various high crimes and misdemeanors, and therefore should be impeached. You cannot look voters in the face in 2020 and say you held the president accountable by not holding impeachment. So you you have to move forward for that reason. But the other reason politically that you should move forward, Nancy, is because You're on a first name basis with Nancy this If I'm her advisor wow. and I'm her inept advisor, I would say Nancy and I'd get yes, chided exactly. for it all She's the time. Like, yeah. Larry. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody get this guy <laughs> out of the room. Who does this guy think Who? he is? How does he still have credentials? Yeah. <laughs> that we fired him months ago. He just yeah. keeps showing still up. We don't know what payroll. to do with him. So uh Nancy, what the other reason you should move forward with this politically is because I think that you're going to pass uh, impeachment articles in the House. You're going to get exactly zero Republican votes for any one of those articles of impeachment. So it really is, to my knowledge, up to up to McConnell so you're like you're and trying the to Senate Republicans between a rock and a hard place. No, I don't think I don't think McConnell would see himself as between a rock and a hard place. McConnell simply would ca- quite cavalierly say, we're, "We're not doing this." There's not a single Republican senator who even thinks this is worth our time. We're not going to do it. And I think procedurally, he has the ability to do that in the Senate. Uh, I'll link in the in the description for the podcast an article by Bob Bauer who 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 made this argument quite well. Um, there are people who disagree, but anyway, McConnell doesn't care about any of these arguments. He's just going to do whatever the hell McConnell well, wants. Yeah, so I, and I, I, he's I, not going to do it. Which, by the way, is I think a gift to the Democrats. I, so I I I think both really are. Like I I think 
I could see both scenarios playing out, right? That McConnell cavalierly says, we're not doing this. No, it's not going to pass. This is just a big farce. We need to get back to lawmaking, which is something the Senate's been doing a whole bunch of. So yeah. stop, <laughs> stop interrupting us. Yeah. I could see absolutely. I totally agree with you that I could see that, but I, I could also see him moving forward immediately because, because at the end of this road, it's not going to be a conviction, and the Republican Party is going to say, "Look, the president is one hundred percent innocent. Democrats are all to blame for this, right?" So I think in both, but I think in both cases, this plays out really well for Democrats to move forward with impeachment, and Republicans think it looks good for them. But in both those scenarios, they look real bad heading into twenty twenty. Yeah. By the way, also shout out to Seth Maskett, who has a good article a couple months ago, actually, about, hey, the politics of impeachment are not necessarily bad for Democrats, so they shouldn't make their decision on the basis of that. Um, So, yeah, No, I think we agree. But I think that maybe what's been a little bit different than, than our take recently is that it's 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 about democracy it's about civic duty but it's also just like this this is uh, this could be a big political moment for the democratic party heading into what's going to be a monumental election and they're not taking advantage of it and and in any case let's let's say that i'm inept in my advice for nancy pelosi which uh, correct let's just say let's type let's let's spitball here and say that i'm i'm don't be so hard on yourself (laughs) but yeah you're inept look we don't let's just say that we don't know what the damn politics are well, we also don't, we don't know what's going to do happen in 2020. the right thing. Right. We don't know what's going to happen. Donald Trump is a criminal in multiple ways. You cannot, you cannot go without getting on record. I voted to say he's a criminal. Other people didn't do their job, but I can live with my, my own conscience. You, you got to let Democrats take that vote. So that's... That's it. End of wow. uh, end of my I got, advice. I got chills, Nancy. man. Yeah, I got chills. Yeah, they're multiplying. Yeah, let's <laughs> now let's get out there and win this damn game. All right, all right. So uh, uh, I think that's gonna wrap up. But I I want to wrap up the discussion that started with Mueller and ended with that stirring speech you just gave. But we have a new segment coming up. We're very excited about, it. and this also relates to 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, we are so, super. The, I am so excited about this new segment. It's a new se- It's one you haven't heard of before. We, we just, we've been. We're we're, all, we're we're a creative force. We got people in the lab working on this yeah, with beakers crazy. and smoke coming out of the beakers. All right, so we're back. We have a very special segment that uh, we're happy to introduce. So this new segment we're calling Focus Group of One, where we bring in a friend of ours who is not a political scientist, and we just try to get try to get their sense, uh, put our fingers on the pulse. Get under the skin. On, uh, on a particular political issue. Yeah. So today, for our very first one, we're very excited. Our good friend David Dice is here, um, and we're going to be talking about the presidential primary, the Democratic side specifically. So, David, thank you for joining us. Welcome. Hello, gentlemen. Is there anything we can get you, David? <laughs> you need water? During this focus group? Cappuccino? <laughs> We're all good. Okay, great. we got great. all the monitors hooked up to you right now. Don't don't yeah. look directly at the mirrored glass. Yeah. Okay. Um, don't feel nervous. Okay. The electrodes hooked to your nipples. Are, they're, they're there for a reason. <laughs> yeah. It's a little uncomfortable, though, I must say. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, I guess I want to start out by asking, David, who do you support? In the because you are a self-identified Democrat, a liberal am. voter. Yes. Who do you support in the Democratic primary field? Uh, no one. No one at all. 
I will end up supporting one of them. But I think right now I have a trouble. It, it's just it's too soon for me. It's just too soon. It's too soon. So let's, I guess maybe, definitely not Trump, right? You're definitely voting for one of the people who's running. Let's let's start with some of the big names and just get your sense of, like, it, it doesn't quite have to be word association, but your quick hot take on some of these, some of these candidates. Right. So, well, I guess, first of all, like, is there anybody that sticks out to you that you like? Or is it just, like, nothing? I like Mayor Pete. Um, okay. But, but he does seem very young. Um, and I'm making a note right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, th- there's no one that I really dislike. I, I just think that there's a lot of people that I – you have no chance of of becoming president. So, you know, this field of 20 is, it's too much. It's too much. Do you remember four years ago or whatever, we were all laughing at the Republican presidential debates and how there were so many of them and they were talking over each other and it was just this giant circus. It feels like that's what's happening to us now. It feels a little circusy. Yeah. Speaking does. of the circus candidates, let me ask you about a candidate. <laughs> I literally just learned about a half hour ago this guy's running for president. I never heard of him. What do you think of Wayne Messam? Never heard of him. Okay. He, he is the mayor of Miramar, Florida, running for president. Do you know where Miramar is? No. Huh. Me either. Great start. Okay. So, all right. <laughs> so, we have lukewarm feelings toward Mayor Pete. A, a perfect example. Who is this guy? Uh, Nobody knows, and he's not going to be fantastic. So, all right, so we're going to start throwing out names, and we're going to see what sticks. Elizabeth Warren, Uh, like her, but um, I I don't know. I I just don't know. Sort of establishment. Um, She's uh, got some little bit crazy ideas. I I, I just I don't know. Okay, I don't know. If, If if she ends up being the Democratic nominee, happy to vote for her. Just don't have a strong feeling now. How about Joe Biden? Let's go for uh, big, I, I, I big like dog. Joe. I just, I don't see it. You don't see I, it? I just, I just don't see it. He's, no. I mean, he's already made enough gaffes, but, you know, to, to no. Camel uh, Harris. Uh, like her much more now after the debate performance where she slapped Joe around a little bit. Okay. Um, I, so, so you're in favor of slapping Joe around? <laughs> I think we're going to see more think of that in the future. I think the Democrats are going to need that level of attitude. Like, don't mess with me. I am, I am going to slap you around, and I am going to have my way with you. I just think, not specifically. That got a little sexual at the end, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> but just specifically with Joe. So not just slapping Joe Biden around. I but just, you would like to see Joe Biden slapped around more. I just so elder abuse, not yeah. sexual abuse. <laughs> Being an elder myself, I'm not into or supportive of elder abuse. I just, to me, he does not seem like the right candidate right now because the the most important thing is we need to save the country, uh, and uh, I I just don't see him matching up incredibly well against Trump. Okay, I, speaking I just, of elder, regardless abuse. of the polling and what that says. Speaking of elder abuse, Bernie Sanders. Um, I was a big Bernie fan last time. Um, I think that, um, you know, he would have won had it been him. Uh, the shenanigans between the, uh, DNC and him left a really bad taste in my mouth. Um, 
this time though it seems like the magic has passed that that's my gut take on that the magic has passed wow I'm re- I'm social sciencing the shit out of this right now. Otherwise, I would be arguing <laughs> with David about I'm, burning. I'm, I'm, I'm literally making a two-by-two two table yeah. as we talk. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I want to ask about Cory Booker. Um, no opinion. Like you just don't have a sense of him at all. Yeah, in that, in front, and from the little that I've gathered, people are sort of wondering the same thing: like, where is he? Why is he not able to get traction? It seems like on paper he checks all the boxes, but it's just—I don't know—he's lacking something. He's lacking something, and I don't know what that something is. Uh, speaking of lacking, what about Beto O'Rourke? Um, same kind of boat, actually. Uh, checks all the boxes, but just it's not clicking what what boxes does he check for you what boxes does he <sighs> smart um really you don't think he's you don't no, think he's smart i don't no? i, I <laughs> can see him as smart i you know he's smart you mean like handsome no you he's smartly he's dressed smart, yeah, also he's smartly dressed but you, you could be you could be smart and still be annoying and jump up on lunch counters yeah. Right. I check those boxes. <laughs> yes. But but I mean I, I guess what I'm wondering when you say checks boxes, he's not the most Leg- experienced. Legitimate candidate. candidates, not the most experienced, but legitimate candidates. Um but not to establish many, like that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah, I guess okay. so. So what, about, so what about Mayor Pete? You mentioned him at the beginning. Uh yes, uh I like him just because I personally I just he seems like a really cool guy. And somebody that um, would actually have the best interest of the country in mind. My concern with him is he is very young. And this is a very stressful job. And I just, I don't know. I don't know if he can go all the way. But in terms of just like someone that I would, you know, the proverbial like to sit down and have a beer with them. I I would like to sit down and have a beer with him. I think that would be, Hmm. that would be fun. He seems like a nice guy. About, uh. Speaking well, how about Amy Klobuchar? <laughs> Pass. W- why? What, just, what do you not like about? It? Uh, it's I don't. It's, there's nothing that I don't like about it. I just don't care. I just mm. don't care. Oh. Don't feel like she has a chance. So uh, why why are we wasting time? Gillibrand. Same. Bill Hickenlooper. Ditto. Is it J. John, Inns- John Hick. John. Sorry. Whatever. How many feel like John how many, Hickenlooper? How many? How many Hickenloopers? <laughs> Yeah, do you like John Hickenlooper? Bill. Just what about Fred Hickenlooper? How do you feel about that guy? Couldn't care. Couldn't, All of them the same? The whole Hickenlooper care. family. Yeah. Uh, Jay Inslee. Inslee. No. Seth Moulton. Not even sure who that is. Good. Thank You're better you. off. Don't Excellent. look him up. Okay. All right, so. Tim Ryan. He's, he's running? Marianne Williamson. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> Tim Ryan's running, yeah. Yeah. Really? Tim yeah. Ryan. He's, uh, a, he's Democrat a, from Ohio. Yeah. Uh, okay. He's a House member from Ohio. Hates Nancy Pelosi. Meditates a lot. Awesome. Yeah, that, that's that's going to be great. Cohes- yeah, cohesiveness. Um, that's going to All right. Gonna I, I mean, we've gone through quite a few here. Yeah. I don't know if we've made any traction. If if you if the if the Democratic primary in California were held tomorrow, whose name are you checking on the ballot? Hmm, good question. Um well, I, I mean, I guess my response to you would be uh, there's going to be 21 or 22 names on the list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you only get to choose one. And I only get to choose one. Yeah. 
and you've already you've already marked off a lot of people. I would pick Kamala Harris. Oh, okay, wow. All right. Uh, I mean, because the last time we talked about this, when we when we talked about the prototype version, uh, of we've this never talked about this conversation before. <laughs> <laughs> but this is podcast magic, and you need to calm down a little okay. bit. Um, I feel much better about her now. I think I really like the way that she was able to make an impression. Beat up an old guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just, uh, t- to me, that is the kind of attitude that you're going to need to compete against pure evil, I think. Wow. So speaking of that, so let me just pick up on that. So you see Trump as it's beyond like uh, we need to defeat a Republican because I don't like his policy ideas. What differentiates, how does Trump move from Republican who I don't like, like Mitt Romney? How do you distinguish between Mitt Romney and Donald Trump? Uh, light and dark. <laughs> wow. I mean, did you watch the spectacle on television yesterday? Um, l- let me let me just say this: if Barack Obama had done any one of those ten instances uh, that they identified as potential collusion, corruption, conspiracy, what have you, they would literally have hung him in the town square. But they are bending over. I, th- I thought Russia was the enemy. How come no one yesterday, even no one from the GOP yesterday, even bothered to ask or seemed to care about the fact that the Russians had infiltrated the election system here? Well, so I will say that uh, one uh, of them did. Will Hurd, who, by oh. the way, is is one of just three House Republicans left who. Um, holds a seat that Hillary Clinton won that district, right? So he he did, um, but you're right. Generally, none of the others did, and most of the others went off on wild tangents, conspiracy theory kind of things. But so that that was the next thing that, I, since we're all, we already have you in here and we're paying you already for this, <laughs> I wanted to ask you about uh, your impressions of, you know, yesterday's hearings and also impeachment generally. Where What are you thinking about all that? Um, I think it's too late for that. Impeachment isn't isn't going to go anywhere. And would, would you feel better if they impeached him? N- not necessarily. Oh. Not necessarily. There's only one thing that's going to make me feel better, and that is for somebody to defeat him in November of 2020. Okay, so here's what that, I'm— that, that is really, for me, the, the bottom line. I mean— uh, you can try impeaching him, but that is just going to be even more spectacle for the next 16 months. They probably wouldn't end up doing it. Even if they did, you have a Senate that is dead set against having that happen. But the flip side of the coin is not doing anything is tantamount to you know, making this seem like okay behavior. And clearly it's not okay behavior. I just, I, I guess part of me is I, I'm just, I'm sick of the hypocrisy, right? I mean, how, how many times did they criticize Obama for, you know, making the wrong gesture, wearing, wearing the wrong, suit. yeah, re- wearing the wrong clothes or things like that? This, this is an enemy of the United States that infiltrated and influenced our elections. And one party cares about that and the other doesn't seem to. I don't understand how that's a thing. Wow. Okay. 
So just to wrap up. That's probably more than you want. <laughs> we're, uh, so just to wrap up. So here's some takeaways we, that I We are going to edit this in post, right? Uh, no. This is all that we are. Uh, this is broadcasting we're doing this currently. Live. We're doing it. We're doing it live. Uh, you, so your number one thing is you want somebody who will beat Trump. That's probably the number one thing that I gathered from that. I think so. Okay. I and, think so. And then from that, you want somebody who is established but not too established, has some ideas that maybe don't run too far to the left for you, and... Um, well, you're going to need somebody to get people in the middle, right? So right. if if the Democrats are going to bash each other further and further to the left to see who can be left of who, then that, I don't think, bodes well for a national election. Okay, and you'd also sort of like, as like a final qualifier, those seem like the most important things to you. And like a final qualifier, you want like somebody who... Um, uh, seems a little bit more approachable or sort of like... Uh, I think that would be nice. Okay. I think we have something here. I think we have something. I, first of all, we're going to get an Emmy for this I this think episode you guys have podcast. You don't get here. Emmys for podcasts. <laughs> this, really? Yeah. Th- there's like actual podcast awards. It's like a potty? Or? We're not getting... <laughs> yes. It's a potty. We're going to win a potty, everybody. It's going to be a potty, as they say in Massachusetts. I don't know. You like that one? It's oh, good boy. stuff right there. It's good stuff. This is not making it. D- that is gold, pure gold. David, thanks so much for for coming in to talk to us. This this is so useful to us in our research endeavors. Yeah. The filibuster is constantly trying to to push the envelope. Really, in this really is for science. posterity. Yeah. Um, it's it's this kind of research is only made possible because of listeners like you, and you, Dave, for being here. Um, you can pick up your check on the way out. It, yeah. it probably I would wait a few days to cash it. Um, Noted. Good. Uh, I think that's going to wrap up the episode. So um, thank you, dear listener, for tuning in. Um, if you have any questions, uh, you can reach us uh, through email at filibusterpod at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, the underscore filibuster on twitter.com. We'll link those both in the description. We want to thank our friend David Dice, who we thank every week for not only being here, but for also doing our cover art for us. Uh, Thank you once again for tuning in, and we will see you next time.